0: this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I'm Jay Warmke. And
1: this morning, I'm Annie Warmke.
0: Okay, how about this afternoon? I'm not sure. All right, well, at at this moment, we're going to speak about uh, the, the risks associated with um, fire and solar, solar electricity.
1: You mean when they're paired together?
0: Yeah, when you have solar and or the alternative is uh I was we were kicking this around like burn baby burn or no,
1: I didn't say that. Uh,
0: it's shocking these things. Yeah, fire actually. is shocking. Yeah, all right, whatever. Anyway, so um this what what prompted this discussion is apparently last year Amazon has solar installed on most of their facilities here in the United States or a good number of them. And uh, they had a a surprisingly large number of fairly spectacular fires associated with these solar installations. So they actually shut down all of their solar installations um, worldwide and did an assessment. Of, of what was going on. And um, they're
1: a lot more worried about them, that than their employees. Then, yeah, certainly. well,
0: <laughs> they were all on bathroom break and saw the building was on fire. <laughs> so anyway, so so there uh, you know, that was something that really didn't make the media, at least to my attention, um, and a lot of the people on our on our solar calls that we do. Um and and it was surprising, so I wanted to look into it, and I wanted to see just what are the realistic risks associated with fire and and solar panels. So you know, you think about solar panels, at least I do. They're made of silicon, which is basically sand, and um, don't
1: think about them catching on yeah, fire. Yeah, it's like
0: saying uh, what's the association of windows and you know because yeah, it's basically glass. glass.
1: Yes. Uh-huh.
0: So you know there there is. Um, it, it's not surprising that fire could be an issue. I mean, as we get more and more installations out there, uh, currently, by the end of 2020, there were about 2.7 million homes in the United States that have solar. So you would assume some of them would catch on fire. Well,
1: and, and just to back up for a minute, is that I'm trying to think about, you know, okay, electricity can cause fire. Uh, that's why you don't want to have a mouse or a rat in your house, because they love to chew on those wires and, and burn things. But I'm just wondering, what what does catch on fire when uh, there's a problem with the solar
0: array? Yeah, well, there are a number of things that can catch on fire. Um, it's not just glass, and it's not just aluminum. Now, those two you wouldn't think would catch on fire. But there's about 10% of the solar panel itself is what they refer to as polymers, which are
1: Plastics, plastics,
0: yeah, um, and they do catch on fire. Yeah, In fact, and they, they like catch to melt. On, yeah, they they yeah. do quite a lot. And of course, but the wait, insulation. What, what
1: is the part of that? Where is that located? Because I it's, can't imagine picture it. It's
0: integrated you know, in some of the things, but also you think about the little uh, connection box on the back that's right. made of the, plastic is the
1: inverter plastic.
0: Well, but that's not on the panel. Typically, they're usually metal, but there are wires and the wires have insulation right. so that insulation will burn. Um, there are sealants, you know, well, they, they true. seal them against moisture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those sealants can, can catch on fire. So um, yeah, but between five to 10% of the content of a solar panel, Is going to be burnable essentially, so they catch on fire. Well, you got electricity, you've got a a fuel source, and and, and at some point, probably
1: plenty of air. I mean, that's what you need,
0: right? Oxygen, uh, 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 a a, fuel source, and and um, some fire, some some sort of fuel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, well, where where fire came at least to my um, awareness around solar was in two thousand and fourteen the National Electrical Code started implementing what they call rapid shutdown. And this was something that was designed to help protect firefighters.
1: Like first responders of yeah. any kind, really.
0: Right. So, so a house is on fire. Mm-hmm. There's a solar array up on the roof. Well, the first thing they normally do is they come rushing in, they go to the electric meter, and they pull the meter. That's like a big off switch. Um, to the house. So they've now disconnected electricity from the home. Uh, so they can, they make the assumption okay, there's now no electric power in this building.
1: That's going to shock them and kill them. Right. But if fire. you've got
0: solar on the building, well, the solar itself is going to stop producing, but the wires that run from the solar panel to the inverter are still going to be live if the um, sun is shining. And that oh, can be a cases, lot of
1: even when it isn't. Well,
0: I mean, there are some other risks associated, yeah. but um, but but basically now a firefighter climbs up on the roof. He takes out his chainsaw. He wants to cut a hole in the roof to vent the smoke out of the building. And he cuts through a, a, an electric line and mm-hmm. it has 600 volts of electricity He's on it, too. Yeah. So they said, all right, guys, um, this is a dangerous situation. So when we turn off the main disconnect, which has to be located next to the meter.
1: Meaning that you're disconnecting when you say disconnect, you're just disconnecting. The... No, but okay. you're saying disconnect. So you've got lots of jargon in yeah, here.
0: No, well, if you're disconnecting, I am disconnecting. Yes. Yes. That's, okay. that's how that works.
1: Oh, you're so, so serious. <laughs> I
0: know. So <laughs> it has to be located next to or near the meter. So so that when they come in with the um, pull the meter, there's a little sticker on the meter that says, hey, there's a solar array here. And they look around. It's got to be located within 10 feet of that meter.
1: What, and what does...
0: the disconnect? Oh, the and so then they go, OK, there's a disconnect. OK, right, there it is. Turn that off. Now, what the NEC said is when you turn that off, we want the power to stop flowing from the array. So that's basically what rapid shutdown means. So over the years, this has evolved a little bit. But what we're finding now is there are now electronic devices attached to pretty much every single solar panel uh, that's installed on a building where somebody might occupy it. And it shuts off the power at the solar panel. So the NEC assumes a firefighter will look at a solar panel and say, hey, you know, that might be hot. I'm not going to cut through it but anything outside yeah, but of it I don't think they're trained fair.
1: around Well there are solar some energy. training
0: but there's not that much and they're really the extent of the problem has not it's just beginning you know yeah. so this is going to be a bigger and bigger mm-hmm. problem so we have to get more and more education out there right Well um, one
1: thing I will say we have trained some firefighters and um and it's clear that they really don't know enough and we're hoping you know that they'll that the US firefighter association, whatever it is, any first responder will do some training with people so we don't see people risking their lives and dying from, that's just silly if they're not educated.
0: Yeah, they're not, they haven't been too good at um, monitoring uh, just how many fires in the United States are are associated with solar. Uh, They really haven't been tracking that data. Um, I have Some numbers that say that between 2015 and 2018, there were about 155 fires.
1: So that's not very many. Well, that seems like a lot to me on something that seems so... Not
0: when you've got a million. Well, I know
1: that, but if they're installed properly, they shouldn't have anything
0: well you could say that about any home it should never catch on fire if everything is installed properly things happen sometimes it has nothing to do with the installation uh, it might be a lightning strike it might be a right. squirrel chewing through the wire uh, well, and shorting itself too. out yeah so so there there are reasons things happen i mean things just happen but there was a very comprehensive german study leave it leave it to the germans to um to go ahead and find out this information for us. So they did a study in 2018. And at the time, there were 1.7 million installations in Germany. Okay. So to just show the difference, but it's quite a lot. It's a a fair number. And they estimated that 430 homes associated with that 1.7 million had fires. Wow. Okay. But of that 430, only 210 were associated with the solar array. Right, so think that's half. Yeah, but the majority caught fire for some other reason. It had nothing to do with the solar array. So, um, so out of that 210, um, then then they really kind of drilled down as to uh, what caused these these things to catch on fire. So you got any guesses? I'm going to I'm going to let's let's play well, 20 squirrels
1: questions because I know that if they don't install squ- squirrel guards on a race, squirrels are really bad. They love electricity and they like to get in there and have a house. Um, what? Oh, I I I think um, another thing, a bad installation, of course, um, faulty equipment. Um the house catching on fire by itself <laughs> and the ray is right there and can't avoid it.
0: Well, that was about half of them. Yeah.
1: So. Um
0: all right. All right. Let me you're you're on the right track. So the leading cause was um poor installation. Okay. So poor installation was about 39% of all of That's these fires. Terrible. Yeah. And somebody just, I mean, they messed it up. They they left wires loose. Right. They well, a lot
1: of people aren't really trained. They don't know why they do what they do. And mm-hmm. so then they install improperly or they're lazy. Yeah. Or, yeah,
0: they just, or they just make a mistake. You get tired. A lot of these installation companies, they want to work these people to death. Oh, I know. So it's... you start at six in the morning, you finish when it's getting dark at 11 o'clock and at night. And they're
1: carrying panels on the roof all day long. I and don't know. And they just
0: forget to hook something silly. up yeah. or they do something
1: nobody inspects.
0: Yeah, well. that's
1: the that's the real issue there is that the people are working people too hard and then they don't inspect.
0: Yeah. So anyway, another uh the second leading cause was uh product flaws.
1: Okay. Just I uh, said that. Um, yes, it, faulty equipment.
0: Faulty equipment. So that was about 36% wow of all of the installations. So you get something a, a panel that's bad uh, and shorts out, or the wire, most right? of it, mm-hmm. inverters were were the number mm-hmm. one uh, product that caused problems. Um, 18% was bad design. So the person oh. who actually designed the system may have put in too small a wire, yeah. for example, or they may have specified an indoor rated component when yeah. they're putting it outdoors. So
1: again, not enough training on the why you do what you do.
0: Sure. Well, and another thing that was fairly common that I saw referenced a lot was on some of these larger commercial buildings, you can install an inverter up on the roof. You know, uh-huh. it's it's going to be like a flat roof. Right. Well, these flat roofs often puddle up water. Right. And they've designed the components like even an inverter that's sitting in water. And and so water just bad design. Uh, yeah so it, it, <laughs> more bad design. <laughs> well, sometimes it's it would be bad design, but sometimes you know when you design it, you think you're all right, but then leaves gather in the drain and it yeah,
1: but that's still bad up. design, Jay, because you're a moron if you're not thinking that oh leaves happen, yeah. but roofs can flood if Things they're flat. Happen.
0: Well, and yeah. snow snow is well, another that's issue. that's right.
1: I would bet that's the biggest thing. Uh huh.
0: Or you get, for example, down in Florida, you may just get an un unimagined amount of rain That's in a what I'm very saying. short time. And period then it floods time. the
1: roof, you know. Yeah. But these are things you should know if you're the designer. Well,
0: or take into account anyway. Yes. And uh the, the fourth item was uh external ten percent of all the a fires house
1: catching on fire. No.
0: Um lightning strike. Oh
1: lightning strike squirrels. Earthquake.
0: Squirrels, squirrels, um, uh-huh. squirrels and lightning seem to be the two biggies, yeah. you know.
1: Well there's squirrels pretty much everywhere and they're very happy to live under an array. And chew on it.
0: Yes, they love that kind of thing. So, um, so those were the, you know, the, the main... other
1: thing you didn't mention though is that I don't think in this industry there are very many people periodically. Um, checking things out, they they might go around and say, hey, do we have a board loose in, in the spring or a piece of aluminum, not aluminum, but that plastic siding needs to be replaced. But they don't look at their array and things happen. You know, wires are exposed to sun and they wear out or whatever. And they're not talking about that, but that definitely could be an issue.
0: Right. Well, there you're talking about operation and maintenance and how well are these things maintained on a consistent basis consistent basis, right. you know, you should be doing physical inspections of this stuff at least once right. a year. Right. Um, because yeah, things where, uh, things fall apart, maybe a, a zip tie comes loose and then it's rubbing it, against yeah, something it
1: blown around or a squirrel makes one little bite And then over time, there's
0: a problem. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me um, interrupt here for just a second to remind everybody that you are listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind turbine with Jay and, at least for the morning, (laughs) Annie Warmke. Reminding you, it is indeed the end of the world as we know it. And
1: today, I say thank God.
0: Thank God. Well, it's the end <laughs> of our 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 utility grid as we know it. Because, oh yeah,
1: that's a good thing. Because
0: things are things are a changing.
1: Adios, co- 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 <laughs> fossil. I started to say fossil, co- awesome. coal co- and fossil fuel. Others.
0: Me, fossil is say Sue fossil, right? Oh man, that was sad. <laughs> I know. Um, anyway, <laughs> so um, you were talking about operation and maintenance, and and actually, I was just listening to to a another podcast. In fact, um, where they were talking about how there's a company that's doing a drone or an air inspection. Oh yeah, I thought that of was cool. All of the. Uh-huh all of the arrays that are over one one megawatts and and one megawatt is pretty big i I
1: was going to ask you but is that a commercial then yeah pretty much commercial
0: they're not going after residential that would just be too much Uh but they're doing these um flyover inspections using Mm -hmm. drones and and manned aircraft and one of the things they're able to do is is identify where are their hot spots you know if there's a problem, often it shows up in a the thermal imaging oh, as okay. as a hot uh-huh. spot, so you could see is there arcing going on for sure
1: arcing wait, arcing, arcing is a
0: cause yeah that's a big cause of these fires. Um, it happens, well, you've all seen it where if you take two wires and you separate them a little bit and the, the electricity jumps between the wires.
1: Static electricity in the winter. Yeah, static
0: is an arc. Um, but, but you start getting that, that little thing going on Mm -hmm. and that can cause a fire. And DC is much more prone to arcing.
1: DC electricity, DC
0: direct current, right, is much more uh, prone to arcing than AC electricity, which we use. And it has something to do with well, the waveforms. Well, but AC the the waveform it goes back and forth and goes above zero volts and below and and below that zero. Might
1: be TMI.
0: Well, I know, but it basically it's <laughs> self correcting. If you've got if you've got this thing arcing. It's gonna flutter oh, it tries to the point to, and tries it, to
1: fix it. It bites. turns
0: itself off essentially. Uh-huh. But DC doesn't do that. So the DC side can can arc, you know, and, and if it does arc like that, it's like an arc welder. You know, you can At you can literally it could
1: catch on fire or it for could sure. poop itself out.
0: Yeah, but but what I was getting to with the whole drone thing is that this will begin to create a database of um, it, it adds to the transparency of the inventory of solar. So investors will look at this and say, this this installation doesn't have problems or has a history of not having problems. It appears to be well-maintained. It appears to be well-installed. And when they start making investment decisions with that information in mind, then the people installing them are going to put more energy and effort into making sure that the quality is there because they get a better return. You know, right now there's often an incentive to just go in, get it done, turn it on. Yeah, it works. Now let's get out of here. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and that may be part of the problem with Amazon. You know, they went out and hired low bidders. Yeah. And they're doing contractors who don't have really a loyalty there and they probably set unrealistic schedules. Oh yeah. Like
1: do it yesterday.
0: Yeah. Get it done. Get out of here. Um, There was no accountability after you leave. Uh, Amazon was an early adopter. So, so people are learning. So maybe some of these systems were installed um, before that learning curve uh, was. Well, and
1: again, I'm saying this over and over, but a lot of installers don't know why they do what they do. And I know from talking to people on the phone that there are many people who are going into the installation business because there's a lot of money coming from the government for this kind of work, but they're just grabbing anybody off the street to do the install and they don't know the basics of why they do what they do.
0: Right. Yeah. I always say that if, if when they hold a mirror to their mouth, if it fogs, That's you know, right. you're and hired, you can
1: climb a ladder. And
0: if you show up the second day, you still have a job. And if you show up the third day, you still have a job. But if you don't show up the fourth day, then let's get someone else who can fog up the mirror. And and that's a mindset that has to go away. I mean, it has to go away if this is going to be a professional, um, successful industry. You know? Well,
1: it has to go away for a lot of reasons. You know, when people use their body to make a living, they should have some respect for that that contribution. But I am hopeful, and this isn't exactly about fires, but I'm hopeful because I know that under the new infrastructure bill, there are some incentives to installing companies around uh, paying a living wage and also using American-made products.
0: Yeah, what what you're talking about there is the Inflation Reduction, Reduction Act, <laughs>
1: Reduction. which which was
0: just <laughs> recently passed, and it does build in incentives and pretty significant incentives that when, um, that these systems must be installed paying prevailing wage, which is basically paying union wages, whether you're working with the union or not. Um, and, and so these people are going to be making significant amounts of money, you know, um, when they're being paid 25, $30 an hour, um, as an installer there. And, um, and then they also incentivize the use of american made products, which the hope there is that's going to um you know help recreate the solar manufacturing industry. Because we've uh, in the United States, because we've seen a lot of disruptions with supply chain. Yeah. We've also seen solar panels that are made essentially with slave labor in the Uyghur district in China. Mm-hmm. So there's a law that had to be passed here in the U.S. that says if you buy anything from that region, you have to demonstrate that nowhere along its its supply line were slave labor, was slave labor used. Children. Uh, otherwise, they'll confiscate the panels, they'll confiscate the yeah. material. Well, we don't know how in. much
1: effort they're putting into doing that, but it's the idea of it that's very good.
0: Well, and there was another thing that disrupted supply chain, which was that, um, you know, during the Trump administration, they passed some tariffs that said, listen, if you're installing or if you're importing solar panels from China, you've got to pay a tariff on these panels, like 25%. Um, well, what China did is essentially moved their manufacturing plants to other countries. They, they moved them into, like uh, the Thailand, Vietnam, yeah. uh, Cambodia,
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, and Malaysia. Those were the mm-hmm. four main countries that these things were moved to. And then, um, somebody, a, a U.S. manufacturer said, you know what? I think they did that just to avoid the tariffs. And which to me is like, uh, yeah, Captain Obvious. Okay, everybody knows. But 80 percent of the panels were coming from those four countries now. Mm -hmm. And uh, when the Commerce Department started investigating it, they essentially the law says um, if China is found guilty of this, then there will be up to like a 200 percent penalty on the cost of the panels. And that gets paid by the person who bought them so the solar installers are going really okay i i just paid a million dollars for some solar panels but you're saying that in a couple of months i have to may pay two million um in fines because i bought these because you guys were but this were messing is what with we have orders? to
1: do to smack people around and say look well, the lower cost is not always a lower yeah cost. but the
0: but the unintended consequence or perhaps the intended consequence. Everybody canceled their orders from those four countries. Zero, I mean 80% well, of the panels right, disappeared. People
1: don't want to be in that kind of position.
0: Well, and they can't. They can't afford to be. So, so that caused huge supply chain disruptions. So what the Biden administration has said is: listen, we cannot rely on these external sources for such an important industry like solar, which is going to transform our, our country over the next several decades. So we need to make sure this is done here. And so what they're doing is saying, you know what, we're going to give you a 10% additional tax break if you use products that are manufactured here in America. And as a result, because of that investigation by the Commerce Department, because of the Inflation Reduction Act, all these companies are scrambling to install or to um,
1: create manufacturing
0: facilities here in the United States. Well,
1: And there's a whole chain of companies that are involved in that process, you sure. know, with parts and all kinds of things. But I just want to say that um, I feel like when I hear things like the drones being used to really kind of hold people to the, their feet to the fire, saying you've got to do a good job of, you know, installing and and then maintaining these panels. And then... Because they've never done that around fossil fuel. It could just spew out all over the place or leak and they wouldn't care.
0: Yeah, but we're better.
1: Well, that's another program. is better. But, but the other thing that I feel hopeful about is that I feel that with the induction, induction, the um, reduction.
0: Inflation infl- Reduction Act. Yes.
1: Um that some of these things saying it has to be American-made and all that, it speaks across the political lines because people want to see these things happen. And and it also has the possibility of really giving solar an awful lot of credit for reinventing the middle class.
0: Yeah, let's hope. I mean, it really does. I mean, it could be as transformative as, say, the emergence of the automobile industry was for the Midwest.
1: Absolutely, And if we just parcel it out a little and play it out a little bit. You know, we know there are what 700,000 jobs in the industry. That, well,
0: right. Yeah. We need to create yeah, 700,000 right. jobs over the next um, seven or eight years
1: so it, in so order have, to meet these goals. Yeah, and so, and those are going to be jobs that pay a living wage and that living wage then filters down to communities where people can afford to buy a, a home, can afford to you know, do things with their kids, and um, and so I think I, I don't want to give too much credit. It's early days, but it has the potential to do amazing things. So go out there and get solar or get trained if you want to uh, If you want to uh, be in the industry. It's well, pioneering it, days.
0: Yeah. they. I mean, I've heard a lot of discussions saying that we will look back at this period of time and say there was the solar industry before the Inflation Reduction Act, and now there's the solar industry after. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a big deal. And we've talked about it in other shows. Well, let me get back to fire because we've All wandered right, off for just a little bit. But um, essentially, one of the questions is, how bad were these fires? You know, there were these fires and they How bad could they
1: be? They're on top of the roof.
0: Well, about 28% of them only damaged the component that caught on fire. Well, that's pretty cool. So that's pretty minimal, right? A little inverter catches on fire and the inverter's damaged. Nothing else happens. Mm -hmm. 34%, another 34%, pretty much destroyed the PV installation but caused no damage to the building.
1: Wow. Okay,
0: so more than half of these only damaged the PV system.
1: Yeah, if you're if your uh, furnace and the system attached to it catches on fire your house is baboon.
0: Yeah, your house the furnace is not your biggest problem at that no. point. Uh, of these 32%, part of the building was damaged, probably the roof. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. And only 6% of them the building was a total loss. So but you
1: don't know what kind of building or yeah, how big it was. Maybe it collapsed because of the weight of the I array or something.
0: I don't know. But, but really, now you're saying, okay, there were 2.7 million installations. There were 210 fires caused by it. And out of those 210, only about half of them or 90 of them caused damage to the building. Mm-hmm. So I think the takeaway from all of this is the risk from solar is, is really pretty minimal. Uh-huh. Uh, certainly, more a, a lot less than a fireplace, a lot less than a gas stove, a lot less than a <laughs> yeah. hot water heater. Yeah,
1: gas you stove. Know. That's I mean, word.
0: we tend to overestimate certain risks and underestimate uh-huh. a lot less than going through the drive-through at McDonald's, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> or shopping in the parking lot of Walmart. So, so don't worry too much about fire and solar. All right. Well, uh, we've come to the end here. You've been listening. When the Biomass Hits the Wind turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. We want to thank our Emmy Award-winning Never Catches on Fire producer, Adam Rich.
1: <laughs> that's the truth. That's right.
0: It's hard to get him <laughs> worked no, up it. about anything. All <laughs> right. And we want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is...
1: Listen to Jay easy he loves TV All right
0: no that's not what she said What did she say
1: honey Oh she said play nice with others clean up your own mess and listen to Jay when he talks about soul.
0: Beautiful. All right till next time bye bye